Hi guys, on this week's show we're looking at Caruso, Burton, Bernard, Grant, Coburn, McDowell, Aiello and Willis. Tonight we're looking at the forgettable classic from 1991, Hudson Hawk. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of 100 Things We Learned From Film. I'm one of your hosts, my name's Mark Plant. And I'm the other host, John Watson. How are you, John? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. So depending on what time you're listening to this, uh, the world's either going to be out of lockdown sometime soon, or we're going to have repercussions of what happened in 2020. <laughs> so happy days, big man, happy days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, uh, the British Prime Minister, who looks like the... Oh, is that the mattress and the potato? Wait, well, yeah, he's a ma- ma- yeah, but no, he looks like the cowardly lion in a car crash. I think um, he he's just announced his r- roadmap, roadmap, roadmap yeah. coming out of uh, lockdown. Fuck it, I say. Hopefully, his roadmap isn't a car crash. Anyway. Um, 100 Things We Learned From Film is the podcast where John goes away, watches a movie, and tries to come up with 70 things he learned from that film. I do exactly the same in the safety of my own home, and we get together on the podcast to try and create a list of 100 things that we have learned from film. This week, it was my choice. Yay! I have let you down, dear listeners, once again by picking some utter shit. You had one job. You had one <laughs> job. John, you have recently brought to the table Highlander, where we learned, I think, 110 things. Inside Man, where we learned 104 things. Oh. And I've bought The Master of Disguise and 1991's Hudson Hawk. <laughs> there was a lot of good films of that year, but you probably picked a lemon. <laughs> uh, Hudson Hawk is a lemon, and I want my money back as Meatloaf didn't quite sing. John, what could, what should I have picked instead of this pile of trash? Okay. <laughs> right, we've got Cape Fear, Point Break. De Niro version. Uh, yes, De Niro version, yep. Yeah. Uh, Point Break. New Jack City, yay! Oh, New Jack City's great, yeah. Even, even Double Impact with the John Claude Van Damme's would have been better than this. The twins, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, no. Commitments, Silence of the Lambs, and Drop Dead Fred. Boy! Wow, those 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 are all great. I'm still not convinced by Drop Dead Fred. We it was a it was a, a short list of two, wasn't it? Well, it uh, been... the Last Boy Scout would have been better because that was at the same year, I think. Seen it once and didn't much care for it. Well, you've seen this twice and you still don't care <laughs> for it. Seen, I can assure you, John, I've seen this a lot more than twice. <laughs> um, I love this as a kid. I thought this was a lot of fun, very yeah. clever. I was a very simple child with uh, a very lonely, simple child. Yeah, well, I was the same. I must have really, I really enjoyed Harold Lloyd, so I love slapstick, so I think that's <laughs> my excuse. It was full of slapstick, so. Yeah. And that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. The first and last time that Hudson Hawk has been mentioned in the same breath as Harold Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. <sighs> Shall we? 
We shall, sir. We shall. Do you know what? We've, oh. we've done the research. Let's just let's just rip the bandaid off. We might as well. We might as well. It opens with that Pegasus. It's a TriStar movie. When was the last time you saw a TriStar movie, John? Yeah, just that, this was the last film before they were, they were incorporated into, is it Columbia? Is it really? Before yeah, it so became this, Columbia TriStar? Yep, this was the last the, the last movie as a, a TriStar. You get me working already. Fantastic stuff. Would be good if I had a pen that actually fucking worked. So there's a voiceover, like a narration, narration, and it's uh, it's it's foreign, but it ain't. You know, it's Italian, but it ain't. It's long ago. Why do all these narrations start with long ago? I'm sure the master of disguise was exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, who did the narration? Did we? Do we know? Uh, yes and no, John. Do you? Uh, so I've got William Conrad, but Scott something was said it's saying Bullwinkle was there a voiceover did he did one of the voices for Rocky or Bullwinkle? Did he really? Something wow. That's I I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I can see William Conrad, a bloke with a tash. I didn't recognise him from anything. But he was, I would assume, Bullwinkle. I think Rocky might have been a woman. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, do they do they make the cartoons? Do they make the cartoons live? Oh no, Homer, that would be a terrible strain on the animators' wrists. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Long ago, the Duke of Milan commissioned. Oh, Milan, you know, like the uh, like the guy from um, Soccer Italia. He always used to instead of calling them AC Milan, he always used to call them Milan. Said, I've always been it ever since. <laughs> Ever since, I always call it Milan. Uh, long ago, the Duke of Milan commissioned a little-known artist to erect her, a mammoth statue of a horse. The time was 1481. It's uh, early in the day. The artist was Leonardo da Vinci. The guy on the donkey is just a guy on a donkey. Ah, That's just, uh, it just sets a tone. It sets a tone. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> and, like, it's... One thing I did learn from this is it's the first and only to date um, writing credit, story writing credit that Bruce Willis has. First and last. And there's a lot of stuff in this you think if only the writers, you know, in the writers' room had said, one more go around the table, Brucey baby. One more go around the table. You famous prick of a man. Mm-hmm. Just once more round, and, yep. and 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 that might be a funny joke, but no, straight in, straight in. It wasn't even classed as a comedy either. It was classed as an action movie, purely because he was in it. I would argue it's neither. Yes, <laughs> neither. It is neither funny uh, nor action packed, uh, except for perhaps maybe one scene. Leonardo, I was going to say Leonardo DiCaprio. Every time I read about it, I said Leonardo. I thought Leonardo DiCaprio. It wasn't even in it. No, he's not, he's not even in it. Um, so uh, Leonardo da Vinci, we, we know him, um, artist and inventor. He's got a big machine. It looks like a big mousetrap contraption. I'm expecting a, a boot to kick a bucket uh, and then a ball to go down a staircase. <laughs> he's got he's got these glasses on to prevent him from getting getting his, his eyes burnt out. He he looks like Dracula out of Bram Stoker's Dracula with these big circular glasses on. He's <laughs> ready to go. Ready to some blood. That's right. <laughs> he's got these these models. There's a uh, well. He, he he builds. He's building this big horse. He's building a helicopter. 
and he's got this book, this book that they call the Codex. Straight into it, the helicopter was actually known in his book as the Aerial Screw, the first instance of the Mile High Club, to my uh, knowledge. (laughs) It is from the Codex Atlanticus, not to be confused with Stargate Atlanticus, and apparently it was created circa 1489. So that's what I learned about those particular things. I need to sort my pages out here, John, because I'm flipping between pages. A disarray, you're on disarray. I am, yeah. It's I, I took I've never made so many notes about such a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> so the the codex, just while we're on it, the helicopter wasn't, but the, there's this big hang glider type thing, which will come back later in the movie. And apparently that is in the Codex on the Flight of Birds. There are other Codexes. Other Codexes are available. He also downed... (laughs) Very good. He also designed uh, hydraulic pumps, parachutes, and a mechanical knight. What? He designed robots. Robots. Robots? Robots. He designed robots. No way, man. What a clever guy. Never, never, never got one built, you you would assume, unless somewhere out there there's, uh, there's like a, a meca- <laughs> yeah, going, none shall pass. <laughs> which, uh, which... <sighs> You're just thinking about this film, aren't you? <laughs> I am. It's, it's, it's murdering me inside. He goes in, and there's the Mona Lisa, all painted except for the gub. So it's like blank. Like it's painted. Is that how paintings work? I don't think it is, but. No, I don't either. (laughs) And then she smiles and she's got bad teeth. Oh, she must be British. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hang gliders on the roof, of course. He pushes a guy off the roof on the hang glider. The guy survives. That's that's that bit. That's the kind of the prologue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so 500 years later, 500 years down the line, Eddie the Hudson Hawk Hawkins, Bruce Willis and his fucking wig, um, (laughs) is being released from Sing Sing Prison. We know about Sing Sing. We know about Sing Sing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've got a fact Um, about that. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's meant to be the world's most famous cat thief. Yep. Cat burglar. Cat, cat thief burglar. would be very different, wouldn't it? I steal all the cats. Steal all the cats. <laughs> it's like me. <laughs> I would steal all the cats, given the chance. So he he's getting out, and there's this stupid bit that's like um, Blues Brothers. This really awful kind of, like, the guy's going, you know, or he, he's giving him all his stuff back. You know, you expect him to go, and one prophylactic, soiled. Yeah. But yeah. that was funny, and this isn't. Mm-hmm. is parole officers trying to get him to do another job, trying to get him to knock off an auction house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, some, some guys yeah, some guys selling a, a, a giant jewel mm-hmm. to a, a basketball player at some point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, <laughs> yeah, he's not having it. He's not having any of it. He says he's not going to do it. And that's the joke. You know, he's his parole officer and he's not. He gets picked up by... Uh, Danny Aiello picks him up. Yeah. And Danny Aiello is, uh, you know him from loads of stuff. RIP, I think he, he died three or four years ago. Yeah, but um, it's cracking in Leon. What a, he is in Leon, of course yeah. he is. Absolutely <laughs> he is. 
he says, look, you know, I'll take you back to the bar. It's changed. And I've got you. Yeah, it's changed a little bit. I've got you a cappuccino, and this is a this is a joke inverted commas throughout the whole movie. The whole movie, he keeps getting cappuccinos, and he can never drink them. Yes, um, slams yes. on the brakes, ends up wearing the cappuccino. There's loads of references to stuff that made absolutely no sense to me because I'm not a boomer and I'm not American. So when the parole officers try to get him to, to, to knock off this place, Hudson Hawk says to him, book him Dano. Like he says, oh, are you trying to get them to book him Dano? Well, book him Dano, we, we, we know. Kojak? It's a catchphrase from, it isn't, it's Hawaii Five O. Oh, Shengus it is. Yeah. What, um, uh, great misconception. That's it. The famous theme tune by Morton Jennings, uh, and it ran for 12 seasons from 1968 to 1980. They remade Magnum P.I.? I made Magnum P.I. <laughs> it's all action. The only, thing it's, the only thing it stayed consistent is the bloody Ferrari. That was it. Oh, right. well, that's something. Did the guy even have a tash? No. Get out. <sighs> Just get in the band. Get I know. They can get fucked. Yeah. It's what can happen there. Um, he then also says, um, give, give a hoot, don't pollute. And, and it was related to these two things, just absolutely out of nowhere, related to nothing at all. Uh, give a give a hoot, don't pollute. Was <laughs> uh, from the United States Forestry Service. The character was called Woodsy the Owl, uh, and and it started in 1970 as the kind of tagline for not throwing your rubbish away in right. the uh, forests. Mm-hmm. Now, Woodsy the Owl still exists, but it's instead says, uh, "Lend a hand." Care for the land. Man. There you go. Woodsy, Woodsy the owl. So, so wise. So wise. That <laughs> oh, owl. So very wise, aren't <laughs> they? Aren't they? Hoo, hoo. <laughs> uh, it should be, give a fuck, pick up your shit. <laughs> John, why don't you work in advertising? I, I've tried, but they uh, won't have me. <laughs> Papa John, why you not work in advertising? <laughs> Indeed. Um, (laughs) uh, that's Woodsy the Owl the car he picks him up in by the way the the red car was lovely convertible Uh, 1961 Otto Bianchi Cabriolet nice looking car it was a lovely looking car and it's yeah it's uh, it's something else (sighs) we get to the bar we do uh, Danny Aiello says to him, why don't you bone some chicks, play some Nintendo? And he says, what's Nintendo? Why, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, you've been in prison, not on the fucking Perseverance Mars Rover, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so we get to the five-tone bar and Gil. Gil? <laughs> oh, Gil's dancing. <laughs> uh, which Gil. Tommy Five-Tone owns. Right. Danny Aiello. I'm going to not keep calling him Tommy Five-Tone. He's just going to be Danny Aiello. Um, with Danny. So they go in there and he says, it's like a like a wine bar. And it's. And he says, oh, it didn't used to be. It's like a bistro now. Um, 
and he says, oh, yeah, well, look, you know, they started coming in and, 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 and what can I do? And he says, yeah, but what happened to Ed, Ed Cranepool's autograph? So it was something that was on the wall. Uh-huh. Ed Cranepool, John, any idea who he is? Was he know the guy that crashed? <laughs> According to the story. <laughs> Into a pool. <laughs> and a crane. <laughs> no, you're thinking Andy Crane, who used to host Children's BBC. <laughs> he was a uh, first baseman for the New York Mets, spent his entire career at the Mets. And guess how many things he won, John? 104. None. He won nothing. Oh, man. Uh, Remember, there are only three baseball teams in America. The the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Rail Riders. Our boys, the Rail Riders. That's it. Our boys. Our boys. Come on, the Rail Riders. Come on. Come on. Introducing Sam Malone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Put um, put Sam Malone in this uh, much better movie. It much, would have been. Yeah, much yeah. Better movie. Really. He's a giant of a man, isn't he, Ted Danson? How do you yeah. think he'd get off crawling yeah. through windows and things? True. Yeah, that's he is like that. he is a hundred feet tall. Yeah, he is. He is a hundred feet tall. There's this guy, Caesar Mario and his brother Anthony Mario. Hang on a second. Are they the Mario brothers? <laughs> yeah. Did you spot who Caesar Mario was? Was it Sylvester Sloan's brother? Sylvester Sloan's really right wing brother, Frank Stallone. Oscar winner, Frank Stallone. What? Frank Stallone has an Oscar for the music for Rocky. Jesus, talking about nepotism, man. Yeah, I'm sure it's Rocky. It could be another film. But yeah, he is a um, he is uh, a musician. And he got uh, an Oscar for that? Well done, that man. He has an Oscar for, uh, yeah. For, not for Oscar. Not for the uh, not for the Sylvester Stallone movie. Uh, <laughs> Oscar, which uh, obviously is uh, very different. Yeah. Um, apologies, he's nominated for a Grammy. Well, let's edit that bit. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, he wrote and performed "Far From Over," the 1983 film "Staying Alive," well. which was written and directed by his older brother. Uh, there you go. So I've just learned that just there. That was uh, that was good, wasn't it? There you go. We'll add that to the list. But yeah, he's the spitting image of his brother. He really is, isn't he? As soon as I saw him, I was like, oof. Hang on a second. Is that not uh, is that not one of the men that crawled out of the uh, garbage can that is Jackie Stallone? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that an old punchy McPunch face? <laughs> they, 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 do, they do have faces like worn catches mitts, don't they? I'll give them that. <laughs> So he's about to drink his cappuccino. He won't do any work for the for the. Oh, he's about to drink his cappuccino, and it gets shot, and nobody fucking blinks. It's obviously I... that kind of thing, and it yeah. turns out it's one of the uh, one of the Mario brothers that shoots it, and they demand that he has to go and rob this horse. So they're robbing the horse, which we'd seen earlier on a model of the horse um, from an auction house. And and here's where the film has its own little little thing, right? Which we're going to learn a lot of 
stuff based on music in the next kind of five, ten minutes. So apologies, listeners. Uh, if you're not into boomer music, you can always skip forward maybe four or five minutes. But the whole thing is they time how long they're doing jobs by singing American standards, by singing crooner songs. Yes. I remember this as a kid being Oh, such a yeah, yeah. Oh, what a great idea. What a great way of doing it. Yeah. Fantastic way of Me doing as well. it. I remember that. It's 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 crap. Isn't it bad? It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so little really works. So, they go over they go over from one building to another on this rope and the joke is that Danny Aiello's fat. That's the joke all the way through that he's fat. He's yeah. not even that big a guy, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, but the joke is that he's he's piled on the pounds um, over the last 10 years or so. So they, they, they climb over, uh, then cut a hole in the glass, which is a bit bit of a cool bit of a cool bit of kit. And he says, Oh, maybe I should maybe I should cut the hole wider for you. Yeah. And it's like oh, yeah, all right, okay. I know, yeah. Fat shaming, fat shaming back then was a thing. Yeah, it's fat shaming, yeah, it didn't exist back then. Yeah. <clears throat> so they creep in on skateboards, which is like, I was like, okay, yeah, I see that. But where the fuck were the skateboards? Where did they get yeah, the skateboards? Yeah, didn't see them in their backpacks. And they were the oh. cheap ones you used to get for the shit show. <laughs> they were. They weren't proper skateboards. Yeah. Uh, they were the ones that your mum got you and you were like, oh, thanks, ma'am. Yeah. But you were secretly a bit gutted. Yeah. It had the, the front uh, skid guard and the back skid guard like, nobody used them. That's lies. That's right. No kids That's never used them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can't grind on one of those. Well, I don't see nothing wrong. (laughs) 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 So, so so they're they're talking about idea. uh, They're they're talking about playing about songs and the length of a song Mm -hmm. to get in to get to get in and rob the place. Yep. So the the first, the first. So, so Danny Aiello says a song title and and he then says how long it is or whatever so he says how about night and day and he says frank sinatra or ella fitzgerald and he says well frank sinatra of course because god forbid there should be a song by a fucking woman in this song in this film um night and day um it was written in 1932 for the musical the gay divorcee uh, by cole porter you'll have heard right. of uh, yeah, recorded yeah. in 1957 by frank sinatra and 1958 by ella fitzgerald right so that's what i picked up from that any different times did you pick up the timings for the songs or uh, or... i did pick up the timings and do you know what mate i don't think i've written them down what? oh yeah i don't think i wrote them, but but i have written them down for other for other songs right, okay so give me a moment or two because they didn't men- oh they didn't mention the timing of that one they nah. don't mention the oh no they, they, they just says they just mentioned the song and then about the who sang it uh, but I'll the next that. one uh, thank you very much <laughs> the <laughs> next one is witchcraft now witchcraft is by frank Sinatra, sung by frank sinatra uh it's uh, it, and they say ah oh, witchcraft and he says three minutes 59 seconds Witchcraft, John, is two minutes and 54 seconds on all of the Frank Sinatra versions I could find on Spotify. He recorded it three times, first in 1957. And yeah, so I hope someone got fired for that blunder I'd written. But actually, all of these timings are wrong. Wow. All of the timings are wrong. 
maybe it's so you don't use that as an idea to rob places. Because <laughs> you'll always be a minute too late and end up getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I think it's just that they extended the length of the songs in the movie, at least in, in talking about them, just to make it seem like a plausible way of doing it. Oh, did it cut into think- the movie then? I think those are the only songs that he knows because that's his type of that's music, jam, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah. He, he, he Under the board walking on that. Yeah, he released stuff as Bruno, didn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. He had an album out around about this time, maybe just slightly earlier. We then move on to yet a further, yet a further song. Because he's just basically listing songs here. He says, hit the road, Jack. He says, five minutes, 15 seconds. Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> How, how far out? How far out are we? How far going? out do you think we are, John? How long uh, do you think the road jack is? I, I thought hit the road jack would have been only about four minutes. Four minutes. Hit the road jack is two minutes long on the Oof. dot. Uh, written by Percy Mayfield, and of course you know Ray uh, Charles is the one that did the big version. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it's two, two, two minutes long. But it is. I mean, it goes at a canter, doesn't it? Hit mm-hmm. the road, Jack. Nudge come back no more, no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. Nudge come back no more. Who wanna see? Yeah. So it really, really goes for it. Uh, we need a. Uh, we need to release an album. <laughs> we need a playlist for this fucking show. Yeah. That's it. The road, Jack. If they needed a, if they needed a longer song, though, mm-hmm. why didn't they just pick longer songs? I, I mean, if I'm going to rob a place, yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to rob a place, I'm going to listen to uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf because that's like eight minutes twenty-one seconds long. Well, there you go. That, <laughs> that's, prob- that's probably what I'll use uh, if it's not being used by uh, re- a couple of really drunken girls uh, in the pub at karaoke at that time singing to one another. Oh, my God. It's always that bad. It's always that song and all. Uh, oh, it's always that song. Always. So he's he's safe cracking. So he says, he says, oh, you know, we'll crack the safe, um, which only ever makes me think of, of one person, George Reynolds, who used to be the owner of Darlington FC. Um, he got rich by cracking safes um, and did did bird still alive and owns, runs a vape shop in Chesterley Street now. Uh, it's a bit of northeast football trivia for you then. Oh, well, at least um, you know his money didn't go up and smoke. Went <laughs> 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 up in steam. He calls him, and I can't pronounce this now. I've written it down because it was a while. I'm not going to watch the movie again. He calls him a fardat. Uh, which is, uh, and I think I spelled this right, F-A-R-C-A-C-H-A-D-A-T. So I got the Yiddish dictionary out again, John. Of course John, you did. Third you time did. on a trot. Third that, time. that thing's been for itself. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, it, uh, it, it, it means dizzy, confused, or dopey behaviour. Right. Uh, so he, he, he calls him that as a bit of a, a, bit of a, a mocking manner. Next song. God, I'm bored of these songs myself. Mac the Knife. Mac the Knife. Bobby Darren is the one that did the version we all know, um, but others have also done it. Uh, written by a guy called Kurt Kurt Vile, not that one. Um, and I thought you were going, going to say Kurt Wagner. I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember who this is. Kurt, I think it's like one of the Indian X-Men. <laughs> Kurt Wagner? Yes, he is. He's... Um, Ah, uh, the night, night crawler, night crawler. crawler. <laughs> yeah, Alan Cumming, <laughs> written by Alan Cumming, 
famous yeah, Scottish, Scott uh, Scottish independence <laughs> <laughs> campaigner uh, and musical star Alan Cumming. <laughs> That would be very different. That would be Brilliant. very different. Very Scottish and very camp, and I would be all for that. Uh, uh, written for the Three Penny Opera, Bobby Darren took it to number one in the US and the UK. Well done, that man. Well done, Bobby Darren. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for cancelling Kevin Spacey, but um, Beyond the Sea, the Bobby Darren. And, uh, biopic Kevin Spacey playing him is very very good he doesn't come across well neither does Kevin Spacey ever <laughs> <laughs> which I'm glad to say more more songs um, I only have eyes for you which is true John I only have eyes for you written for the film Dames in 1934 the version that you probably know is Art Garfunkel's from 1975 although you would assume he only has bright eyes for you but Xanadu there's loads of versions of Xanadu but it has to mean Olivia Newton-John and ELO written by Jeff Wayne uh, originally for the film Xanadu which we've mentioned on this podcast at least once mm-hmm. yeah we have yeah yeah uh, love interest in that I think is Ajax from the Warriors, Aye. possibly. Ajax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. FC Ajax. Don't go, don't go try to clean your kitchen with him. Uh, Vim, formerly known as Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> the director Vim Vendors, formerly known as Ajax. What? What are you even talking about, John? I am confused and drunk. Uh, <laughs> And it's not oh. even seven o'clock yet. I know. I'm not even drinking yet. <laughs> not even seven a.m. Uh, <laughs> um, final song for now. Final penultimate song for now. He says, "How about Star Spangled Banner from Super Bowl Seventeen, sung by Whitney Houston?" And he mentions it. I think he says that's about a hundred minutes long. Because that's the one where, and it's very good, but that's the first kind of singing of of a a song at one of these things where it's just vocalised forever. And from sea to shining sea, I don't even know the words to that. (laughs) 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 I think I think that might be the Dutch prog rock version. (laughs) (laughs) By by Fungus. (laughs) Proggle <laughs> rock. At no point do they go the theme tune to Fraggle Rock, and he says one minute thirty two seconds, including an instrumental break. Yeah. So Super Bowl seventeen, John, the Dolphins, my darling Dolphins, who I kind of half support, versus the Redskins. She can't say anymore. The Racists won 27-17, although it's Miami, so they're probably all racist. Uh, Yeah, the Redskins (laughs) won 27-17. It was on January the 30th, 1983, and it was played at the Pasadena Rose Bowl. Right. That's it. Uh, That's all I've got. What do you want? Yeah, you. um, I don't know what they're called now, actually. I don't really follow uh, American football too much. No. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, I'm glad. (laughs) 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 Perhaps, yes. (laughs) (laughs) They go 
through the hole in the glass. So now we, we go through the hole in the glass. They've been doing all this talking. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, he, he says, I can make the hole a little bigger. He says, don't worry, I'm wearing a girdle. <sighs> Jesus. I know. And then there's these guys in this in this control room, the guards in this control room. And one of them says to the other, do you know, there are 378 Wongs in the phone book. Did you catch what the other guy says to him? No. Like, oh, that's a hell of a lot of Wong numbers. Oh, Jesus. That's a, and a, a little bit bad, man. It's terrible, isn't it? It's also a bit racist. And then I think he says, would you see how many how many chens there are or something? Uh, and I think, is that not is that not the old joke? More chins than a phone book. A, a, yeah, that old phone book. Yeah, yeah. Acceptable joke. Yeah, it's on the stupid skateboards. Oh, Big Stan. They're looking at this this video of Big Stan. And guess what? Big Stan's the fat guard. He has a sit down on this chair. He falls off yeah. the chair and the chair basically evaporates under him. Doesn't <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? They're like, oh, fat Stan, he's fat. Yeah, okay. Um, but the plan is for Danny Aiello and Eddie the Eagle Edwards talk? or whatever the fuck he's called <laughs> um, to, to set the video up so it's just playing. It's been rewound and it's just playing what's previously been happening. Uh, they do that, and, and but they don't know that uh, Fat Stan, the big large man, has uh, collapsed. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So they then say, uh, how about swing on a star? And he says, ah, five minutes, 32. Swing on a star, one best song in the Oscars, 1944. Bing Crosby. Uh, from the film Going My Way, which I think might have been, oh no, that's Are You Gonna Go My Way by Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> that song wasn't out in 1944. But it's actually two minutes and 32 seconds long. Right. And is it five minutes? And they say, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's dead long. Yeah, it's got like 20 verses. And it's got a little bit where. Um, yeah, where it's got a uh, a slightly detuned synthesizer section. It's basically basically they think all songs uh, are like fucking Pink Floyd numbers. It's what they seem to think. So the singers they steal, and as uh, this is the I loved this. I loved this, and I I, I kind of remember the words and I remember the thing, but it's quite blatantly cut between them not actually singing on set, miming. Mm-hmm. And, and talking and whispering. Um, then the ca- the cops, the cops, the guards catch them because they see that the um, big stand like collapses. Uh, and then they cool. look down a corridor and it's like, is that us? You know, so they'd obviously walked down the corridor at one point. So they come in, they catch them. Um, he locks he locks one of the guards in finger cuffs. I locks up two of them to go with me thumb. Yeah, and I thought, not like Chasing Amy. Uh, She was called Finger Cuffs in Chasing Amy, wasn't she? Hmm. Um, So they go back with, they get the the bloody horse thing. They go Uh, back to the... Big Stan chases them, didn't he? Big Big Stan Stan does chase them. Yeah, Big Stan does chase them. He's in in Gates' living room. So Gates was the parole officer. He takes a statue from him, and then this random English mustachioed butler comes in, who's like a poor man's. So I think you're somebody. You're my voicey. Put the horse on the back seat. He's the driver. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's a very good film. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's it's re- this movie's really missing uh, a, a Tim Curry in this role. I think. Oh yeah, it really yeah. is really good. Mr. Trick. Um, he takes the statue. He says it's one of one of Da Vinci's finest works, and it smashes it over Gates' head, shatters, and he takes one of the gemstones out of it. Now, at the start of the movie, there's these kind of triangles, yeah, triangle like things, yeah. Yeah. Look, so he gets those, kills Gates because he's got like some sort of knife up his up his sleeve. Up his sleeve, he? yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like a big flick knife. Yeah, and 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 that's. I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then Hudson thinks he's going to kill him. He doesn't. He. Yeah. He just he congratulates him for. Yeah. And then he reads in the paper the next day. It wasn't stolen. It's actually still for sale. So they go to the auction, and he sits down next to possibly. One of the worst actors in a female role I think I have ever known in any Hollywood stuff. And yet she continues to get work. Andy McDowell. Is she bad? Real bad, as you hear later in the film. She's terrible. She's awful at everything. I think she was a last minute. She's a last minute.com. I think she was she was she was dragged in last minute. I think two of them two two ones that cast. Um because there was scheduling differences and they kept pushing it out. Um, she was a last minute dot comma. Scheduling differences. <laughs> no, they read the script and fired the and people. Fired yeah, absolutely. yeah, look, I, I, she's probably a very lovely woman. She has great skin, as we've seen from those all those adverts that she does for L'Oreal and everything. But I have never rated her as an actress with one caveat, one single caveat. Have you seen Ready or Not past couple of years? It's a film about a girl gets married into this rich family and the job is for them all to chase her down and kill her. Yes. Or not. She's the matriarch. She's oh, the mammoth. She was and good. she's actually very good. She was that. really good, yeah. But I, real good. I think she has taken on board the fact that she just probably doesn't need to work for mm-hmm. the money and is just, just playing it for fun. And she yeah. was good in that. She it was, was a good. good you can't that film too series. That was just a good. No, funny it was a lot film. of fun. It was oh, a lot of fun. fun. Uh, and I, I can't remember the name of the the, the lead actor, uh, the lead female actor, but she plays Bill's daughter in the new Bill and Ted movie. Oh yeah! Oh god, yeah. What's her name as well. Weaving yeah. something, weaving Samantha Weaving or something in it. Well done, you didn't know that. Hated that, by the way. That Bill and Ted, new Bill and Ted movie. Fucking hell! I was, I was not on board for that at all. That is. Uh, I don't think it was a good it. idea anyway. I, I just didn't. I didn't understand why they why they needed to do another one. Not for the likes of me, bruv. I'll tell you that's all. So he sits down next to her, and he's he's kind of learning um, that it's going up. Did you see who the auctioneer was, by the way? Yeah, it was uh, Fred for Coronation Street. Fred Elliott, Ashley, Ashley. As soon as I seen him, I was like, "It's Fred." And it got me thinking. I'm pretty sure somebody tried to slit his throat in a club in Manchester once a few years ago. He ended up wearing he he, he wore a, a plaster oh, on his on his yeah, and he used to and wear like a and all that yeah, after yeah, that, didn't he? absolutely, didn't he? I didn't look too much into it, but yes, he did. So there's people eating. There's loads of people in there. Keep zooming in on these these people in in the room. One of them's eating a Snickers. One of them's eating a Kit Kat, an Almond Joy. 
then Richard E. Grant comes in. He's brilliant in everything. I mean, he, he, he's barely in this. He barely exists in the movie. He walks in, he goes, a hundred million. And then Sandra Bernard comes in. And again, why is she not in more stuff? Because she is so much fun. And she's like, a hundred million and one. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts the hammer down and the whole thing blows up yep do you see Betsy flying everywhere <laughs> you do yeah he, <laughs> he, uh, I wonder what kind of meat that would be in his butchers <laughs> a pig stick for the dog uh, <laughs> Andy McDowell nearly gets flattened by a falling pillar but we're not so lucky she continues in the movie he saves her he gets knocked out by like a flying Pegasus statue, which is meant to be funny, but isn't. Um, next, he wakes up in an ambulance and there's the Mario brothers are there. They kick him out and he's on this gurney and it's attached by like a, a, uh, like a bench sheet. A or yeah. in it. And this is the action bit. I'd said at the start, it was kind of action, kind of actiony bit. And it's stupid. Woman throws a cigarette out of the car and he grabs it, which is pretty impressive. And he smokes it and goes, ugh, menthol, and flicks it away. He then shouts at someone, 1-800, how's my driving? (sighs) And then there's a a toll coming, oh, no, the toll, he's on one of the bridges. Oh, no, the toll. And it says, exact change only. And he's got the money in his pocket, and he lobs it, and it lands in perfectly. I can assure you, I go through the time tunnel on a weekly basis for work. You have to get right up close to those bins to not drop your money down the side. Throws the money in and, and away he goes. It's, it's uh, that is annoying. Yeah, and, and that was that was the big kind of the bit that was advertised on the TV a lot, as I remember. Yeah, because that was classed as the big the big stunt in it, wasn't it? Because yeah. they had to shut the Brooklyn Bridge down for five nights just to do that bloody stunt. Did they really? And it was the Brooklyn Bridge, John. You're putting my New York knowledge to shame. Good <laughs> the only thing you. is, they didn't have any tools then, so they had to use the tools. The tools are from somewhere else because the Brooklyn Bridge so, at that what? point. Ah, oh. oh, look at you, bridges, tolls, oh. transportation. Oh. All over it, big man. All over it. I'm just, I am no longer required on this podcast. <laughs> I, I, requirements. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Our next characters that we meet have all got stupid names. There's Kit Kat, Snickers, Almond Joy, and Butterfinger. Butterfinger. <laughs> and then James Coburn turns up. That's so weird, isn't it? James, James Coburn. Coburn. Bloody proper actor. Acting royalty back then. Acting royalty. Well, yeah, turns up in this shit. He says, do I know you? He says, yeah, but the last time you saw me, I was bald with a beard. I had a different nose. And I'm like, ah, fucking James Coburn is the master of disguise. <laughs> Luigi! It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what he is. He's a fucking pistachio. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not. <laughs> so they knock it. He gets knocked into a trunk full of polystyrene bits, uh, which which made me a little bit kind of a little bit worried about the environment. They always do when those things. Yeah. But let's just slightly revisit those names, shall we? Those names of those characters. So they're obviously code names. Uh, Kit Kat, created by Nestle in the UK. Don't um, use Nestle products because of the way that they treat. They're African farmers, just to give you that idea. Reese is in the US. Uh, Roundtree of York 
bought by Nestle on the 29th of August, uh, well, by Nestle in 1988. Um, what I do remember, and it's not from this, is that York City used to play at Bootham Crescent, and then they changed it to Kit Kat Crescent for a little while. Did you know Literally. that? Yeah, no, there you know. go. Well, I'll add that to the list then. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Kit Kat Crescent. Kit Kat Crescent. The Kit Kat was created on the 29th of August, 1935, and was called the Round Trees Chocolate Crisp. In 1937, it was named Kit Kat. Nice. Mm. I suppose the big question is, have you, have you, have you ever had a, a full chocolate-fingered Kit Kat before? Just the once. Just the uh, once. Me too. Uh, just it's, the once. Uh, never I'll, I'll never again. forget it. I'll never forget it, John. It didn't work. And, and it exactly, I can't. I can't have. Uh, I can't have it again because uh, we we don't agree with their uh, no, yeah, with their behaviours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Snickers, John. Snickers. They've they sold. You're absolutely right. <laughs> do, you you know year, do you know what year Marathon became a Snickers in the UK? Uh, was it no 1992 or something? 1990. Oh, was it? Jesus. Yeah. Sad day. They've sold 2 billion worldwide as of 2004, half of those to me. <laughs> and they're named after the horse, the favourite horse of the Mars family. Oh, really? Which is pretty cool, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Almond Joy, this is the only one I'd never really heard no, of. Never heard of it. Right, they're, they're made by Hershey's, uh, which means the chocolate's shit. Uh, <laughs> sorry, America. No, I didn't know that, that chocolate shit. Yeah. It really is. Uh, yeah, I think there's kind of three tiers of chocolate. There's like, there's 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 theirs, there's ours, mm-hmm. which is now resembling theirs more and more. Uh, and then there's kind of European chocolate, isn't there? There's like yeah. French and Swiss chocolate. Swiss, yeah, yeah, Belgian. Yeah, yeah. Or Belgian chocolate, yeah, of course. But those kind of those kind of central uh, European countries, delicious. Um, but an almond, you do know what an almond joy is. It's just not in that name. Uh, a shredded coconut covered in chocolate. And topped with an almond, it looks like a bounty. Oh, that's, yeah, so an almond looks like a bounty. Yeah. <laughs> and in 1946, it was created, replacing the Dreams Bar. Right. Okay. So I, I would assume Dreams Bar was a similar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to generate interest in said chocolate bar, it was dropped from a plane in the 50s over cities. Imagine getting hit by one of those. I know. Not yet. Now I'm not supposed to get almond joy in my eye. (laughs) (laughs) Just being Coco (laughs) Cabanad. Butterfinger. That's peanut butter covered in chocolate with some crunchy bits in it. 1923 was when it was launched, and there was a public contest to name it. But that's kind of all I had on those. Mm. But, John. It's been a little while since I made you look foolish on this podcast. Oh, fudge sake. Okay. <laughs> fudge sake, indeed. So I've created a, uh, a little quiz for you. Okay. Is it, is it sweets related? Because I'm good with sweets. It is sweets related. Yeah. <laughs> Bring on the baby Ruth. <laughs> baby Ruth. <laughs> so this one is called Candy or Gandhi. Right. Okay. And actually, it's got nothing to do with Mahatma Gandhi, uh, father of independent India. Uh, but that was the funniest thing I could get to rhyme with, candy. But what I would like to know, John, is it was is this a candy or is this some shit that I've made up? All right? Okay. Six questions, six chances to gain something you've learned. You'll only get it if you get it right. Um, okay. So the first one, Dum Dum Pops. 
are or were Dum Dum Pops a real candy? I would say, I'd say they're candy. Oh, mate, they're real candy. They're little lollipops. What? So you're none for one. I'm a Dum Dum. How about the double flash? The double flash. Gandhi. Mate, it's Gandhi. I, I said Gandhi. Did you? Yes, you can hear the. You, oh, you need to listen to this point back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, do you know what the double flash is? It's. Uh, is that no, uh, an offence? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a, it, it's a Street Fighter move for Guile. He does the double flash. Oh, so he does with his hair, doesn't he? Double flash. Yep. Dirty bugger. Um, Number three, is it candy or gandy? Mr. T gold chain bubblegum. Oh, candy. Mate, it is candy. It was wearable bubblegum. I was going to say, if that's no candy, that's an offence, man. (laughs) (laughs) Wearable. They don't eat that candy. (laughs) Wearable bubblegum. Especially uh, for treating your mother right. That one. Well done. (laughs) Next one. Sugar Mama Sweetness. I'm going to say candy. It is. Lollipop. Another lollipop. Uh, smaller than the Sugar Daddies, which are the big lollipops. I think Homer gets one stuck to his back, gets stuck to his chest at one point. Well done. Three. Two more to go. The Friend Me. Friend <laughs> Me. Candy. It is Gandhi. It was a ninety. It was a two thousand and thirteen Nissan car. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't think they ever launched it, but they did announce it. At the, I, thought it was uh, a, I thought it was a phone. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, number six, Newman O's candy. Paul Newman's Newman O's is a candy. Well, it's technically a cookie. But yes, all Newman cookies. You did very, very well there, and you got us five. Well done, man. Five. Oh, hey, fantastic. Uh, You're still not getting 100 on this one, by the way. But anyway, it is what it is. So he wakes up from his packing crate and finds himself in Rome. There's the Colosseum. You can see the lot, mm-hmm. and your man turns up. Uh, you, you budget Tim what? Curry turns up. <laughs> uh, Mister Mister Belvedere turns up, um, and takes him into the car, into a limo, Richard E. Grant's uh, limo, and drives him to a. It's either a suite or a building. Oh, they're having a meeting, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're a meeting. They're it's like a board meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandra Bernard singing I've Got the Power by Snap. <laughs> she is where Walkman. Yeah, I mean, usually I would make a note of the details of the song, but you know what? I just had enough of songs. So if we end up just short, it's my fault for not doing it on that one. <laughs> um, they've got a dog. Uh, and, and the thing with the dog is bunny, ball, ball, and they throw the ball for it. And the dog's, the, the dog's a bit of a shit of a dog. Anyway, they cuff Eddie the Eagle and put these electronic cuffs on him, which makes the car phone noise from Austin Powers. I noticed it watching it, and then no, later no. on it happens later, and Rachel come into the room and she went, that's that noise of Austin Powers. I went, I fucking know. I know. As soon as it, his I thing was, was like, he's speaking to his 
Oh, who Basil, Basil, Basil supposition. Basil. Yeah, yeah. Bunny's biting on his balls, uh, and and she goes, "Bad bunny," and he says, "No, good bunny. I was almost there." <laughs> um, by the way, Bunny, Bunny, the actor for Bunny, not the dog as such, but the actor for the noise, uh, is somebody very, very famous. Uh, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly who it is. He's really exactly famous. It uh, no, it's um, it's Frank Welker. Frank Welker, of course, is uh, famous for being Optimus Prime is, in uh, the uh, in, in everything, everything uh, Transformers. Frank Welker does a lot of voiceover work, but apparently, you can't get a dog to make dog noises as good as Frank Welker does. Wow, that's that's high praise. <laughs> I know. So he does. Dog, he does animal noises mm. in almost everything. So if you look on his IMDb, it, it's it's all voiceover stuff, but a lot of them are noises for dogs. Jesus, that's, that's mm-hmm. right, isn't Cats, it? cows, you name it. Yeah, absolutely. But it did get me thinking this film would be a heck of a lot better if he also had the role of Danny Aiello, but it was actually Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Hudson Hawk, What About the Touch by Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, 1984. <laughs> Three minutes, 55 seconds. You got the touch! Bum, bum, bum. You got the power! Yeah, that would be... I'm wearing my lot. girdle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a guinea fuck. Autobots, <laughs> <watch>, roll out. <laughs> <laughs> Surely they would just smash their way into the building, <laughs> no? take the stuff, and just and they'd, they'd be away again. Transform <laughs> this. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he'd do it though. I think. I think you'd have to get Starscream to do it. Yeah, Starscream would be the one that would nick the stuff. Starscream. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, better fucking film. Much better film. Yes. Uh, if, if indeed it was that. Uh, <laughs> if Prince Boris didn't have his bloody way. Oh, fucking. Yeah, but I think he's getting his now. He's unemployable, isn't he? Mm. He's in everything, though, isn't he? He's still doing he's still. Yeah, but he's, he, he, makes the, he makes the kind of films that Dolph Lundgren makes these days. He makes the kind of movies that. Nicholas Cage. Um, yeah, he. he, 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 he he strikes me as a man who needs money or, or needs his ego massaged. Uh, that might mm-hmm. not be the case. If, if it's not the case, Bruce Willis, please come on here and tell us that you're not a prick, although we <laughs> probably are. Um, Apparently he's doing another Die Hard, though. Well, it's not called Die Hard, it's called McLean. Oh, man. Is it a reboot? Does he voice the wig? No, <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's a follow-on movie. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Now I have hair plugs. <laughs> of course, I can joke about this because I'm bald. And you've just had a very, very uh, severe haircut. So exactly. you can also joke about this. <laughs> My spring cuts in. <laughs> it should just have grown back in in time for the barbers to all open again. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. So he's been tasked tasked he's basically being being forced to go and rob the to go and rob the second piece which is the book isn't it it's the codex mm-hmm. and this is in the museum at the 
Where the fuck does the Pope live, John? It's it's, it's gone from my mind. The Vatican. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> where, where where does the Pope live? Newcastle Street. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just here in Shake. Look. Of all the places the Pope doesn't live is Ibrox. <laughs> He visited Bella Park just to wind them all up, though. <laughs> he did indeed. So he's, he has to go and steal the, the Codex. Uh, he's, he's in the car with these twin guards, and he says, what do they call you? Ig and Ook. Uh, Ig and Ook, after a little bit of looking up, was a caveman cartoon from the Dandy. Two cavemen, uh, one called Ig and one called Ook. Again, that's not funny. That's something else that isn't fucking funny. Um, so he goes in and he's he's robbing this book. He's looking at it and there's a kid with a toy elephant. There's this girl who's probably, I would say, maybe, what, 12? Mm-hmm. She is not this child. Like, she is, the actress is too old for the behaviour yeah, of the... That, yeah, yeah, the behaviour. She's got, like, this toy and she's, she's, you know, sticking her tongue out. He sticks his tongue out as well. He grabs the elephant, throws it at the book, and the alarms go off. And this fantastic fucking these tears yeah. drop down like a fucking like a mechanical cage. cake mm-hmm. isn't it yeah mm-hmm. uh wedding cake drops down uh, and it's a cage around it and the uh, the elephant is is is, is caught <laughs> under it and the girl's like no poochie or whatever he's called and this is all oh, that damn elephant you know andy mcdowell's there she's she's showing a tour around and she takes him down into the postal tunnels so it turns out that Andy McDowell works at the Vatican. So she's taking people around. She grabs him, and as kind of the smoke's going off, and drags him down the stairs and into some kind of like basically some underground tunnel. And she says, "Oh, it's a it's a post tunnel." So I've looked into this. The Vatican does actually have its own post office, uh, and the Pope gets an average of thirty sacks of mail a day. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was quite interesting. And I thought Santa was bad. <laughs> yeah. My, my father-in-law actually wrote to the Pope uh, on the day of his first grandson's uh, birth, wrote to the Pope and got a letter back. He's got it framed in the, uh, in, in the hall saying the, uh, the, the Holy Father was very glad to hear of uh, the birth of your um, your grandson, blah, blah, blah. He's got it framed in, 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 in the hall. Uh, and I, I remember saying to him, I said, that's a fantastic thing. I'm not, as not a Catholic, I don't really know. It's yeah. a fantastic thing to have, Ian. That's brilliant. He says, yeah. Oh, I don't remember writing the letter. I was probably blind drunk. <laughs> All right, mate. You know, yes, there's your, there's your, uh, there's your. The, the, one of the many things you did drunk. Order for eBay. <laughs> <laughs> write a letter. Write a letter to the Pope. To the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sick of doing that now. <laughs> Uh, yeah so the next day it it, it then goes forward to the next day um he's using a phone box and at the phone box uh the chocolate bars turn up james coburn mentions that he he hates italy because he hates communists of course he does because that's you know that that's that's easy to use at that time and he's got to steal the book tonight instead of having another few days uh kit kat is the guy that can't talk uh, gives him a card and it says, "Beware the blue wire." I didn't mention before, but who, did you spot who Kit Kat was? So Kit Kat was David Caruso from yeah NCIS or something like that. No, from CSI. CSI, sorry, I. 
And at no point does he put his glasses on and go, um, he should have beware the blue wire. Wow! Burn out! See, the only reason I remember him is because he was in a film called Session 9 or Session 7 with Peter Mullen. It's the, oh, right. uh, an American horror f- film thing. No, I've not seen it. Is it any good? Nah. Because <laughs> oh, okay. got Peter Mullen in it, so it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. Um, it's not the thing about, like, the Big Brother thing, is it? No, it's, so, a, it's like a haunted, um, it's a haunted asylum thing. Oh, right, like. okay. Um, I remember him out of First Blood. He's in First Blood. Oh, is he? He's one of the deputies, I think, in First Blood. Mm. Famous, really, for just being in that CSI all the time. So he breaks in, he sprays the lasers, okay, pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, and he slides the, the kind of the glass cabinet. He slides a glass cabinet over the, the book, doesn't he? Yeah, with the blue wire on the book. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. he says, oh, th- thank you, Kit Kat. And then there's another fat guard. The fat guard sees this broken kind of case and runs down to it. He whistles, pulls the book out with a fishing rod. He's up in the bloody rafters, pulls the book out with a fishing rod, and your man gets trapped in the in the thing. And it's funny because he's fat. People laugh at me on a daily basis. He escapes on the rooftop and falls into a truck full of rubbish and chickens and then jumps out of it, landing just in time for dinner Andy with Andy McDowell, and then does that thing, that, that classic thing, where he puts his hand in front of his mouth to cough, and there's blatantly feathers yeah, in that cool. hand, yeah. coughs out the feathers, and you're like, mate, that would have been brilliant at a five-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> it's That's probably not why we like when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, probably so. It's not great in a $40 million movie. No. There's there's this little bit about I'll have ta- I'll have Tagliatelle for Chini, but I want ketchup. And ketchup. the guy the guy's kicking off and he's like ah like really kind of stupid Italian misbehaving ah Americans Americano and all this kind of stuff. So did your subtitle say speaking Italian? Oh, no, 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 yeah, so, they must have done. Uh, so mine said subtitles and then when it came to the Italian bits, it blatantly just says. Person speaking Italian. That's it. Then they actually tell you what they're saying, which is or another thing. Pointless. Got was ketchup. That's it. Only one of ketchup. I did put. If it was properly American, they'd be asking for ranch dressing. They love that shit, don't they? Yeah, ranch. Ranch me up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, he says oh, I was in jail, and she says how long? Um. He says, well, I never saw ET. So. We can assume he's probably been in jail for 10 years. Yeah. Because he was 82. No. We can assume he's been in jail for 10 years. I'm sure at some point they told us he was in jail for 10 years, but I don't know. I, I missed that if there was. Um, and now they're copping off. Well, they're, they're, they're kind of, she's massaging his kind of scars, which is all very uh, poor man's lethal weapon too. <laughs> uh, but she can't do it, but she can't say why. Just stay with she's the ends it now. <laughs> Mate, I'm always thinking about Patsy Kent. It's just my, my go-to. <laughs> um, absolute beginners. So she's been tracking the Mayflowers and the three pieces, so she knows what they're up to. She goes to the to the coffee machine to make him a cappuccino, and he goes, this doesn't taste like cappuccino. And she says, oh, maybe because I put in too much ethanol chloride in it. 
Mm-hmm. Turns out she's working with the chocolates, uh, and she now confesses that she's a nun. Ethanol chloride, John. Uh, ethanol chloride, when wet, causes a hydrogen gas, but would not be used to knock somebody out. So color. it seems, yeah, it seems like they've just used, used whatever they can think of. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they could think of for this film, uh, which sounds like it might be some kind of, uh, some kind of, of, of knockout drug. Mm-hmm. So he's still not got his cappuccino yet, though, has he? Because everyone he's had so far has been bloody... That's that's right, yeah. And again, that's that's the, that's the joke, you know, throughout the whole movie. So the Mayflowers are there. Oh, you're a terrible cat burglar. Haven't you seen David Niven? Tiptoe in, tiptoe out. Uh, and I thought, yeah, okay, because all us fucking English people are like, oh, David Niven. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, Famous cat burglars, David Niven. <laughs> <laughs> David Niven and Sam Neill in that episode of The Simpsons. On one of my frequent trips to the ground, I could see that McCoy was wearing sneakers for sneaking. <laughs> for sneaking. Uh, great episode, that, by the way. The Cat Burger episode is a fantastic God-tier episode of The Simpsons. They cut open the book, and it's got the second metal bit in it. Now, here's my point. In 500 years, did nobody look at any of these items and go, oh, they're a bit heavy. They seem uh, a lot heavier than what they should be. Well, there's something in that. Yeah, or hang on a second. Oh, I've just felt through the... Yeah, because he cuts through the, the book like yeah. it's just a piece of tarp, didn't he? <laughs> mm-hmm. did I, someone did have felt that, yeah, but yeah. It's been sitting there exactly. for 500 years. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so they're trying to do do the whole thing. They're trying to turn lead into gold. Oh, fact. Yeah. So gold is 70% denser than lead. Oh, did you know that? Okay, nice one. I didn't, mate. That is a good one. You know and now? I'm 70% denser than you. So it <laughs> <laughs> makes for an interesting, interesting <laughs> podcast. At no point has anybody ever gone, lead finger. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> well, maybe they should. Squidgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mr. Hudson Hawk. I expect her to die. <laughs> Could we do a bond? Would that work? As a show? Yeah. It like need to be one, one of the, the good ones. It need to be like uh, Moonraker or something. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the ones where Sean Connery's got a wig. Jaws <laughs> yeah, has got Jaws has got to be in it though. Anyone of course, Jaws has got to be in it. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Richard Keel. Yeah, dear. This is the point where he uses a line that I have used a number of times. Um, he calls Richard E. Grant an Eddie Munster-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is absolutely spot on. Yeah. That, is, that, is, that is still funny. That is still funny. Oh, God, I. That's been used a few times. A few people used Eddie Munster. Oh, oh really? Compared oh, right. to okay. I'll, I'll dig it out, but uh, oh, there's a few, I've heard that a few times in films. We now find out that Danny Aiello's in on it. He's on the payroll. And this is where... He calls him a pastor slurping guinea. I used the term guinea earlier on, and apologies. I just did it in reference to this bit. Um, I, it, it's an Italian thing. I didn't look into it because I didn't really want to talk about the slur. Um, apologies if anybody was offended. Um, we can go outside and have a fight if you want. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but, yeah, I didn't like that. So they fight their way out of the window and over the balcony fighting mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Io is dead, and an ambulance turns up to take him away. Delivers them to Andy McDowell. Uh, it turns out it was blanks and ketchup. They faked it, and it was so obvious that they did. Uh, they're all at the apartment having a drink. Uh, she won't sleep with him. You know, he's like, oh, but the bed's there. Our friend, you know, my friend can listen to us fucking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's basically how it is. Yeah, he can sleep on the sofa, but there's a curtain. He'll never hear us at it. No. Yeah. <laughs> but in some situations like that, and you always hear, I'm going to show you. Um <laughs> So the next morning, the chocolates are back. I keep calling them the chocolates. I think they're, they're called the candy bars, aren't they? But yeah. uh, Chocolates are back. Uh, Almond Joy has a blowgun, and she darts uh, the two guys. So the blowgun, uh, historically used by indigenous peoples of uh, Central and South America to hunt, it, they mention that it's got Karari on the dart. Um, Karari is a paralyzing poison. It can cause death by asphyxiation if you get shot in the right bit. Right. I would guess the throat, wouldn't you? Yeah. And guess where they get shot? Yeah, yeah. And they and they and, and the joke is, oh we can't oh we can't move. There's a mention of the fucking Mets. Oh well, where's the paper? Turn the paper so we can see how the Mets got on. It's scores, yeah. It's yeah. so bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty bad. Um the chocolates have stolen the helicopter already, and your man Coburn's got it. He smashes it open to get the extra one. Um, Snickers is going to, or one of them is is going to going to they're going to blow up the place with this rocket launcher yeah. that's got like sticky bombs on it. Yeah, but like an unlimited supply of sticky bombs, as you'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so shoots one into the wall, blows the dart down Almond Joy's mouth. Mm-hmm. She's trying to blow dart. Sticky bombs onto Snickers' head. And blows um, up within five seconds. Yeah, and he says, like, oh, yeah, whereas the other one had got, like, three minutes on it. Um, and does he not give the, the does he not give Andy McDowell a card that says, I always liked you, something like that? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm getting oh, no, mixed up. Let's yeah. kick Cat later on. Yeah, kick Cat later on. You've ruined it. You spoiled it for everybody. Uh-huh. Spo- oh, no. Uh, quick. Cancel the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we fast forward. Andy McDowell is now prisoner in the castle. It's like a, an, it, it, basically like a book, isn't it? Uh, but they need her to read the book. I would assume it's Latin and they needed to read it. Um, yeah. The, the codex. That's right. And, um, he says, oh, a damsel in distress suggests that there's a well-hung Dudley Do-Right to rescue her. Dudley Do-Right uh, <laughs> is a mounty cartoon character from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle's back. There you go. Uh, 1961 was his first appearance. And uh, there's a Brendan Fraser film of the same yep, name. Dudley Do-Right, yeah, yeah, remember that. that Have you seen it? Uh, I think I did, actually, aye. That was... It wasn't a video fan moment, but it was, uh, it was certainly an older, an older one. Yeah, shame, because um, he should be in a lot more stuff. Anybody saying, you know, you see all the time clickbait articles that say, why is Brendan Fraser not working things anymore? I'm going to save you clicking all that clickbait shit. He got an injury. He was very, very sick um, in one of the, the Mummy movies. So he found it difficult to work, couldn't do all the stunts, um, but was fantastic in the TV show about the kidnapping of John Paul Getty the Third, 
Right? He okay. is like the he's like the bounty hunter type guy. He's basically Marky Mark's character in that All the Money in the World film. All right, okay, right. We watched the All the Money in the World film. It's not very good, but this this TV show mm-hmm. about it is fantastic. Right. Very, very, it's very good. I watch Ali Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser is very, very good in it with his with his uh, cowboy hat and everything. He's in Doom Patrol, but he wears a mask, so you don't really know it's him. You just know the. Voice. I haven't got round to that. Do I need to get round to that? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Uh, it's, it's Timothy Dalton in it, man. You can't, you can't. Oh, is it? Right. Jones the Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Jones the Bond. Uh, stop getting Bond wrong. <laughs> um, so they're going to go in and they're going to attack with an unlimited number of these rocket bombs. Oh, really right. good, didn't they? And he says, "How about side by side?" And he goes, "Ah." Six minutes long. Six minutes long. No American classic is six minutes long. He is lying, absolutely. Um, Side by Side, uh, 1927 by Harry M. Woods, uh, who also wrote uh, The Red Red Robin Comes Bob Bob Bobbing Along and Try a Little Tenderness. Now, there's a song. There's a song. That's a classic. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Most famously sung by Case Star in 1953, and it's Two minutes and 52 seconds. Jeez, That's... So they didn't need nearly as many of those fucking stupid uh, rockets exactly. as that. Yeah. So there's lots of golf analogies here. He's like that. Oh, could you give me the five iron or something? Or could you give me the driver? Oh, yeah. Well, I'd say it's about 200 yards. Thing. Who the fuck is that for? Like, like. who? who is that? Who's, who's that gag for? I know. It's it's nice. All the Happy Gomer fans. <laughs> yeah, it's another, it's such, a, it's such a dad movie, this, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, young people really wouldn't have got anything out of this unless they were really young like us, <laughs> kids. Yeah, uh, Kit Kat gets killed, Butterfinger gets gets mullered. Andy McDowell knocks out, knocks out uh, Sandra Bernhardt and runs off with the bits of metal. Uh, Coburn Kung Fu, I've written next. Oh. Oh, should that be... Kofu. <laughs> oh, so terrible. It was doing so well. Kicking his ass, but then it's all the slapstick. Boy, 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 all that. Yeah, oh, yeah, stupid bending over thing. Jesus. And he does like a dragon kick, doesn't he? It's mm-hmm. like Dragon the Bruce Lee story. Uh, right and goes walk. to dragon kick him, misses, <laughs> and flies off the roof. But doesn't die. Lands on the car with Danny Aieo in it. Uh, and then it goes off the cliff, into a fireball. Oh, no, Danielo's dead. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the line is, don't mess with someone from Hoboken. Hoboken, John, uh, is the 745th most populated city in the US at 52,677,000 people. Sorry, 52,677 people uh, as of... Uh, 2019. Um, it is the place where the first officially recorded game of baseball took place in 1846. It is the home of William Lowell Senior, who, in keeping with this, was the in- was a dentist and inventor of the wooden golf tee. Oof. It's also the birthplace of fantastic. Should have been in this movie, but I'm glad he wasn't. Joey Joe Pantigliano. Or Joey oh, Pants, yeah. Joey as everybody Pants. calls him. I love Joey Pants. Absolutely <laughs> love Joey Pants. The best thing in that uh, new 
bad boys movie. In fact, the only good thing in that new bad yeah, movie. Yeah, he's good in he's good in Matrix as well. I like him in the Matrix. He is good in the Matrix. He's good in everything. In fact, he's good in Daredevil. You know the Daredevil movie with um Ben Affleck. Oh, Ben Affleck, yeah. Yeah, Affleck. he's the yeah, yeah. He's 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 good in that. I like Joey Pants. I think yeah. he's uh, he's a good guy. Was was Ken for Street Fighter for there as well? Hubble Yorkin! <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, they just come at me. Like Dragon Balls. <laughs> Hubble Yorkin! <laughs> very good. I know, I should be in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you should be in something. Uh... Traction. <laughs> They've spent hours trying to put this fucking thing together. They spent hours trying to get these three pieces together. And Hudson Hawk does it in like five seconds. Oh, no. He's like, we've been at this for three days and he walks up and just blammo. Done. And I think, I think it's specifically because he's, he's done the, you know, the, the finger cuffs at the start. He was out of the thumb cuffs in like 20 seconds or something, wasn't he? Uh, okay. So I think it's kind of that was preempting to that. But they're then they're then tied. She's they then both get tied up, um, and he says, "The chaos we cause with this machine will be our final masterpiece." Great line. Um, and she says, "What if I left out a crystal?" Oh, he says, "What if I left out a crystal? Would that be bad?" And she turns to him and goes, "Real bad. Um, it explodes." Uh, Sandy gets molten leaded, which is pretty cool. He gets electrocuted, which is also really cool. Mr. Knifey Boy does his knife things. He's got two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Gets stuck into a door, crossed across his chest, very much like like some sort of vampire. And as he falls out of the door, cuts his own head off, uh, (laughs) which was pretty good. I did really like that, um, but we we missed I'd, I'd missed out the whole bit, and, and I guess I'd kind of blocked it out. They they can't get Andy McDowell's character, probably has a name, uh, but they can't get her to, <laughs> to 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 kind of do anything. And it's kind of like, oh, the drugs must have affected him. She's like, ah, what does the color blue taste like? Where are the dolphins? Get the dolphins! Oh, the Anna. Oh. Her name is her name is Anna. Anna. Okay. She does the impression of the dolphin and it's really annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it's awful. Um then Bunny <laughs> attacks Andy McDowell, but he's got like he gets the bunny he gets the tennis ball firer, mm-hmm. which they're using to kind of get Bunny to chase, turns it to the window and goes, Bunny, ball ball, fires the ball, bunny jumps up for the ball. And it knocks him out the window, um, (laughs) which kind of made me a little bit sad because even though it was a bastard of a dog, um, I I don't want to see dogs dogs, dogs die in films. Um, I didn't cry at this, although as a child, I did cry when Optimus Prime died in that Transformers movie. Uh, It still, still, uh, still tears me up a little bit. And then at the end, Optimus Prime will return because they had to put that in because so many kids cried when Optimus Prime died. Yeah, it was just badly timed as well. 41 years old. I think if I were to watch that now, I would probably cry. (laughs) So they escape in the hang glider. They escape in this stupid fucking hang glider. Um, The hang glider, though, I did make some notes. I I, I didn't mention it at the top because I knew we were kind of top heavy heavy on facts at the the start. Um, The hang glider actually didn't look like the hang glider in this. Um, I've seen pictures of the codex. It looks more like a kind of a, a boogie board, you know, like a like a body board for surfing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a model that they created in the British Museum um, over the last few years from the original drawings. Um, it was never actually built um, by Da Vinci. No, you will be interested to know. Yeah, just a concept. Concept only. Okay. So they escape, they land, and for some reason there's all these kids chasing them. Really yeah. weird. And he says, will you play Nintendo with me? And he says, I, will, I never wanted to play Nintendo with anybody else. Um, over the over the hill, on a donkey, it's a fat guy like at the beginning. It's Danny Ayeo. Ha, 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 ha. survive. Oh, God. Yeah, for a drink. And he finally gets his coffee and he gets the froth on his nose. That's it. Freeze frame. <sighs> Done deal. Fucking freeze frame. That's the problem here. They end the movie on a freeze frame. Oh, they threw his cup behind him, didn't he? Oh, he throws his cup behind him because he's had his cappuccino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's a bit where Danny Ayo says at the beginning, oh, you and your fancy coffees and all that. Imagine a cappuccino being a fat. Like, cappuccino is the second least fancy coffee that you can, maybe the third least fancy coffee you can get yeah. in a coffee shop now. Flat yeah. white, which is basically just fucking coffee with milk. <laughs> uh, Americano, which is the right kind of coffee to have, or an oat milk latte, which is what I drink now. I've become lactose intolerant. So, yeah, when you get to a certain age, John, uh, it all starts shutting down. Absolutely. Um, Did you you or did you not love that movie? You want me to be honest or or not? I do. Yeah, I would like to be honest, yeah. At the time, when I first watched it, I remember having fond memories of it. Watching it again, it was a bag of shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was was Um, donkey droppings. Point I made on Twitter the other day. Um, it's the first movie we've watched that I have felt embarrassed to be caught watching. Rachel caught me watching this, and I was embarrassed. It was like I had been caught watching animal porn. <laughs> Again. I honestly, dirty yeah, <laughs> boy, dirty boy. <laughs> I flinched. I flinched. I was disgusted by it, and she, but she knew it was my choice. And that's why she had a go at you earlier on off the air <laughs> about stop picking bad movies. But it's me that's picking them, baby. You're the one. You're the man. But hopefully she'll listen to this and apologise. <laughs> I hope she'll listen to this and go and buy me some animal porn. <laughs> uh, next time, just watch some bloody uh, <laughs> animal farm, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about getting a guess in on how you think we did? God, 64. Oh, have you got any more to add, by the way? No, that's it. I'm done. All right, okay. I'm just going right. to very quickly go through mine and make sure. 64, did you say? Yeah. H- higher than a 64, my love. 74. Go a little bit higher. 75. 78. This is, this, this is paining me. I thought we might actually get something worthwhile out of this. 96. You're kidding, on. Imagine. What going on? Imagine, imagine if we'd got 100. It would have made it seem worthwhile. <laughs> it would have made it seem worthwhile. I'm just going to recount and make sure I haven't fucked that count up. That is really bad. Really, really bad. <laughs> oh, 91. I did mess that count. 91. <sighs> that feels a little bit better. Aye, I'm always, I'm always bad with that. To be honest, I'm trying really to rack bad. my brain about stuff, about stupid stuff. No, about. don't, don't. I won't. It doesn't no, deserve no. it. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Any more of your let, time. Let's, let's just let this one go. Yeah, this movie <laughs> deserves absolutely zero more of your time, mate. Nope.
<laughs> Still though, Jesus, nah, that was that was uh, that was hard work. Yeah, that was something that I, I didn't really, I don't really want to get involved with again. Let's not talk about. Let's talk about Inside Man. Inside Man was brilliant. Inside Man, yeah. <laughs> Four things we learned from Inside Man. Well, that was great. So, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we're sorry to put you through this shit. Uh, <laughs> get us on the socials, please. We are uh, One Hundred Things Pod on Twitter. We are on Instagram as One Hundred Things Film. We are on Facebook. Just search 100 Things We Learned From Film. Give us a review, please, on um, how, wherever you get your, 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 your things from. Recommend us to a friend. Pick out a, a couple of episodes that you've enjoyed if you haven't listened to them all um, and get involved. We, we do like... Uh, we are very interactive. We do like uh, getting a bit of feedback. We do like chatting and we do like ideas. Uh, let's see if you can get us to 100 things postscript let's see if we can do it uh on the socials will we see if you can get us to 100 things and make it seem worthwhile you eddie munster looking motherfuckers <laughs> you're gonna use that i am gonna use it all the time uh so thanks so much for listening uh john yeah guys again Thanks for everything. Thanks for all the downloads. We're seeing it in numbers are going up anyway, so it's gone in the right direction. And above all, stay safe, as always. Yeah, absolutely. And we will see you. We won't see you, will we? That's stupid. Uh, you'll hear us next week, and we'll see the fact that you downloaded or listened next week for another episode. But for now, we have been 91 things about fucking American classic <laughs> songs and chocolate bars that we have learned from this absolute abomination of a film, Hudson Hawk. See you, John. Bye, Planny. See you later, mate.